This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Sun, Andy Harrison, Jamie Martindale, and the King of the Hoppers, Joss Elliott. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire Cricket. And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast and another episode of My Best Eleven. And tonight I am joined by the one and only Andy Harrison. And we are also joined by a man. He's played for Shrewsbury, Whittington, Sentinel, Milford Hall, Shelton and Grasshoppers. Tonight's guest is none other than the man himself, Don Bradburn. So welcome, Don. No, thank you, thank you. Uh, more runs there than uh, I thought when uh, you brought the, the stats up, to be honest. But yeah, we'll take them. <laughs> I can't believe the amount of wickets. God, there must be some bad batsmen out there. There's a lot of people standing in cow corner waiting for catches. Yeah, definitely, mate. <laughs> Brilliant. So let's talk about where you started then, Don. Um, Shrewsbury for me as a youngster, as a lot of kids did back in back in the early sort of nineties. Um, youth cricket wasn't probably what it was in terms of all the clubs having setups, and uh, started in, back at Shrewsbury um, back in the day, so about nineteen ninety four, ninety three, ninety four, somewhere around there, I would suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, played a few junior games, played some uh, third team cricket under Alphabet Jones. Uh, was lucky to get some wickets at Scat. A um, few games in the seconds, and lucky enough to play two or three first team games as well, mm. uh, with a couple of couple of decent players back in the day. Uh, a few mm. minor counts, yeah, good players. From there, you then moved on. How much decision was that? Um, wasn't a massive decision really. It was to go and play um, 
sort of in a, I was sort of flitting between second team and not really getting what I perceived to be a, a go in the ones at about the age of 16. Uh, probably wasn't good enough at the time. Um, well, definitely wasn't good enough for some, some awesome players there, but obviously, you know, the youngsters sort of believe you're better than you are. And um, my old man was playing at Whittington and um, mm. a captain called Grant Litchfield got in my ear and ended up going to play with my old man really for two or three years at, at Whittington with a couple of Sentinel legends, Dave Ashlin and Ed Ashlin as well. So it was more like a, a Whittington Shrewsbury expats 11 at mm. the time, to be honest with you. Nice. And uh, from there, you moved on to the, well, the side that I think most people will recognise you from. You moved on to uh, a team that Andy knows very well, don't you, Andy? Yeah, Central boy. Um, obviously not anymore, but uh, I, had, I was very lucky to have a couple of seasons with you, Dom, weren't I? Uh, yeah, luck is uh, definitely a word I'd use to describe us playing together, Andrew. I feel so lucky to have those two. <laughs> 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 what, what's Andy um, like to play with? Is there... Andy like to play with? Uh, what's he like to play with? I, I think, if I'm honest with you, I, when we signed Andy, I didn't know too much about him in terms of his, his character. Um, I played against him a couple of times for Kund. And I always thought that he did really well on on that postage stamp that they call the cricket ground with the llamas and the alpacas <laughs> around it. Um, but I think having to, got to know in terms of the season we went up and the season we had in the Birmingham League, he's he's actually quite underrated, if I'm honest with you. Uh, bowls a decent line in length, and I think everyone would agree that if he lost a couple of stone, he'd be a, a bloody good player, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, that's the hard part. <laughs> So um, <laughs> then from Sentinel, uh, you've moved to two, two other clubs and um, one of them, Milford Hall. Yeah, I had a season away um, at Milford Hall in 2005, I think. Yeah, 2005. Uh, basically, um, just finished university, mm. um, got a teaching job and couldn't afford our time Shrewsbury, so ended up buying one over towards Stafford. House prices were cheaper over there and ended up playing a season for Milford Hall in the Staffs Prem. It was a really good standard over in the Staffs Prem at the time. And I didn't really bowl a lot over there. Um, batted a bit and probably, I think if I'm honest, if you bowled a couple of overs a scene just because I, I was bored of bowling spin for a bit. So uh, yeah, terrible, absolutely terrible figures. Uh, glad they probably haven't ever made it on to play cricket. <laughs> I, take then... it, I take it, Dom, uh, Dom Milford Hall is the place that we played two years ago in the Birmingham League, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, really good side. Um, really lovely good ground, lovely ground. Yeah, really picturesque. A um, little bit small for me as a spinner, to be honest with you, mate. So that's probably part of the reason as well why I decided to just uh, t lie to him and tell him that I was a medium pace seamer at that time and uh, hide, hide, it, hide, in, hide in the slip somewhere. <laughs> and from there, you moved back to Sentinel where you uh, noticed one of them. Well, you were at the other end of one of the most infamous moments in Shropshire cricket. What, bowled out for 18 by Quat? Who are we on about here? Lives long in the memory. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think you're talking about um, standing at the other end to when the other, the other man in this podcast there uh, went off on one on that day. Uh, yeah, uh, it was unbelievable to stand having the best uh, seat in the house, probably sort of standing at the other end. Um, watching some ridiculous shots come off out the middle of uh, 
of his bat. And also, I've got to be honest, when he got into the 90s, I decided I'm not letting him get this 100, so I decided to get myself out. But fortunately... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did all the hard work, Dom, and Shane, you know, come on and took all the credit, said I stayed with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, mate. Four I, balls you were there. Four balls, I, wasn't it? I, I think I'd foreseen what was going to happen in the pubs for the next four years after this. So uh, <laughs> I decided to try and do a favour for structured cricket and uh, I decided to nick off. But unfortunately, Shane <laughs> managed to stay there for another three or four balls while you, uh, while you edged a couple <laughs> through. You got yourself to three figures. He still owes a couple of beers for taking that South African on the ribs and all over the place uh, at the other end while he was smashing the bang average spinner around. So, you know, <laughs> beers on, Andrew. Get the slug sweep out, mate. You know, get the slug sweep out. Get the spinners on. And uh, more recently, a move to Shelton. How did that come about? <laughs> um, it's a difficult one to sort of uh, comprehend for a lot of people because obviously Seminole, uh, Perkins, Riemann, uh, always going to be my club, so to speak. But um, bought a house, literally overlooks the ground. I uh, got two kids. Um, my oldest, Noah, uh, is eight now and is um, he just wants to spend more time with his dad on a Saturday and with us both being PE teachers, both generally work on Saturdays. I'm lucky that I work Saturday mornings. Um, he wants to spend time with his old man in the afternoon for some stupid reason. Um, and it's just a lot easier for him to get down to the ground to, to come and see me. And that's, that's it really, to be honest. There was no sort of animosity or fallout. It was just literally a logistics thing for mm. me, um, if I'm honest. And a fantastic season for you boys. It can never be easy when everyone sees you as one of the favourites uh, to gain promotion, but to actually do it's another thing. How did you feel that the season went last year for you guys? Uh, yeah, Moz obviously assembled the Harlem Grove Trotters, um, spent a lot of money, spent the transfer budget, early doors. Um, good side, uh, went really well, started on a roll. I think we played Beacon first game and I remember us winning quite, quite convincingly there and I think it all sort of just snowballed. There were some really good sides in the league against us. Frankson being one, Shrewsbury being another, Shifnell having a good side in there as well. It was a competitive league all the way through. Pontsbury obviously massively sort of overperformed in terms of what people were thinking, um, but we managed to just get over the line in the end. Um, obviously, I think the seam has carried us quite a lot of the way uh, last mm. season. And with the bat, we got over the line in, in some games with some good team efforts. Um, Quite possibly the, the, the best innings I saw last season it doesn't come from one of the big names of Shell, and it comes from a guy called Sam, Sam Nipple, um, who smashed a great 100 in basically what was the title deciding game at Frankton. Absolute chances innings, and was, was really pleased to see a, a lad who'd sort of yo between two or three of the sides last season do really well um, mm. and stand up on the big stage. And he basically won us that game with an absolute legend of a knock. Brilliant. Fantastic, that sounds, Dom. Yeah, you had, a, you had a very good season and uh, well done to Shelton, obviously. Um, but um, if we can move on a little bit, can we um, now have an answer to your, your best team? Um, I don't know if you want to, you know, I wouldn't say your favourite team, but your best team that you played for, maybe the best standard you played, most enjoyable season sort of thing. Okay. Uh, so, favourite sort of team to play played is clearly going to be like with the Central Boys. Um, it, it, it basically is. It is my club. I, I still describe it as as central is sort of where I've played a lot of my cricket. But I had a massively enjoyable time at Whittington. Uh, playing with the old man's always a nice thing to have played some cricket with your dad. Um, and also quite a successful 
time with two or three of the players there, probably playing down a standard. But I think the best standard we played clearly is that season we were up in the Premier League. It was ridiculous. Mm. So I think actually you get three or four wickets and you think, right, we're into them here. Um, let's turn the screw and really go for it. But I think Birmingham League was just, I think it was just a different level. You get six or seven down, the lad that was coming out could still get 50 and would walk yeah. into most actually Premier sides batting three or four. There was just yeah. strength and depth all over the place. And then some of the bowlers that we faced were were obviously at a different level to, to what we used to face on a Saturday. And it's just, it's a good challenge, isn't it? Totally agree. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. It was very good. Yeah, I enjoyed every game, apart from the one where you stitched us up at the meet and decide to get out when we, you know what I mean, mate? <laughs> uh, brilliant. So you play for all these clubs in um, various, various standards. Has there, been yeah. a, has there been a captain who's stood out for you? A captain? Uh, right. Well, there's, there's two. Uh, first one, a guy called Grant Litchfield, who passed away uh, last last year um, due to, through cancer. And Grant was a guy who sort of, I was 16 when I went to Whittington. I wasn't massively enjoying my cricket. And he sort of just backed me um, and gave you sort of the belief that, that you were actually a half-decent player. And he, he like talked to you as well and give you, a, give you a different sort of way of thinking about it. And also, he's very sort of carefree in the way that he, he played his cricket and was like, oh, well, there's always another game next week. But I guess in terms of a skipper for me, then unfortunately it's got to be uh, the, the fat Aussie Sadzak, uh, Mal Serplit, that, that, that really <laughs> sort of, he sort of believed in me as a, as a player. I, I was at Sentinel for four, five, six years before he was skipper. And I probably, I didn't bowl a lot to be honest with you. I was in the, in the side, but we had some good, some good spinners in Gary Williams. Uh, we had an overseas called Asan Raza. Some good spinners. I didn't bowl a lot in, the, in, the, in those days. And then when, when Mal took over the reins, sort of decided that we were going to go a certain way with, with how we played at cricket and we get spinners on quite early. Um, and yeah, massively sort of made me believe that actually, yeah, well, I don't know, you, you guys look at play cricket a lot more than me, but I'd say my stats since I was about 28 were a lot better than those 10 years before. Mm. Considering everything that went on last season, you still took 46 wickets for Shelton. Are you happy with your, your take-ins last season? Yeah, yeah, of course I am. Um, it, it's not, I think last season was more sort of, um, rather than being the main man in terms of the bowling, which is, I don't know, I think it's Sentinel towards the end, that was sort of the, the go-to bowler. It was quite nice watching Sam Griffiths, Simon Jones open ends up at the start. I'm not saying that obviously Sentinel bowlers that didn't open ends up at the start, but I, I just felt that it was nice sort of being like new and fresh to the dressing room and you, you weren't sort of that, it's the one that they sort of relied upon and had been there, done it all before. Uh, to watch Sam and Cy bowl in tandem at times was really, really nice. My sort of stats and figures, I think I was just mopping up there. I'm mopping up their seconds, if I'm honest with you. Um, they, they take big, big chunks out and I just sort of take bits out as we went along and it was more a unit of the three of us. I think if you look at the stats together, it's... I think I think stats. 46 wickets is impressive though, Don, to be fair, with the seamers mm -hmm. taking so many wickets. So I've got to say, looking at all the stats in the, um, the Shropshire Prem League to Division 1, mm -hmm. uh, it seems that there were more seamer-friendly wickets must have been in Division 1. Um, there were a lot more, well, a lot more spinners than a lot, well, the Prem, all the spinners did the work in the um, Division 1, pretty much 
the SEMA show, really. Mm. Um, so 46 wickets. You I don't think you played play, every game, did you? Yeah, must have played about 15, 16, I guess. Um, no, you take 46 wickets. That's, that's good going. I think, I think you've got to look at it this way as well. You last, like, your best season was obviously, two, as you said, 2011, that season where you got 62 wickets. Uh, but this last season that you 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 had the best average, uh, averaging eleven point four eight, so goes to show obviously what Andy's saying, being one of the top spinners in a in a well playing at a very seamer friendly uh, ground as well. Uh, yeah, I think I think you just got to sort of bowl areas and there's I think players play it differently, don't they? I think seamers they they would literally try and see Sam and Sai off, and then they probably take more risks against me, and I think that's probably what players do in the shops league they take more risks against the spinners and I don't know you, you, you probably pick more wickets up by people going at you in those middle overs rather than trying to trying to sort of see off the, the early new ball I mm. guess all right um so that's a little bit about uh, your career so far now we move on to the bit that everyone's been waiting for here it is Dom here's your best 11 Okay, uh, so Dom, can we uh, start you off with your two openers for your best 11, please? Number one and two. Okay, yeah, no, no probs. I'm going to open up with those two captains, I think. I'm going to go with a steady sort of uh, opening partnership with Grant Litchfield and Mal Serplett. Grant scored loads of runs at Whittington, uh, played a bit at Oswald Street, was a Shropshire Twos keeper back in the day, and had a great pair of hands. He would be definitely very steady opener in there and then obviously Mal as well I think the amount of runs that he's amassed over the last sort of 15-20 years is is tailed off a little bit I think possibly due to where he bats himself in the central lineup now but um, or where Ed bats him it depends who makes that decision I suppose doesn't it Andy because we're not sure who who runs depends who runs that central ship and whether Mal fancies it on that day but I remember when yeah he likes to he likes to do it for the team as well Dom doesn't he yeah, massively for the team, but also sometimes you look at Mal and if it's, a, if it's a big game, then yeah, he's got his head on and he'll, he'll open up. And I think that's um, that's where Mal comes into strength. I think he gets himself out cheaply to lesser players sometimes, but I think he's got so much talent and ability. If you look at his stats early on when he came over from Oz, in a really good standard of cricket that we were playing, his, his stats stacked up against anyone realistically uh, in the county um, for probably a side that was massively underachieving down the bottom of that table um, back in back in those sort of times. Great so choices. You've got your, your mm. opening pair and uh, now we move on to three and four. Okay, well I'm going to go, I'm try, I've tried to get someone in from every club that I've played at and I'm going to pick my, am I allowed to pick an overseas? Am I allowed to have one? Yeah, yeah, Jamie Which Martindale has- had an 11 full of overseas. Did he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Name drop 11. Oh, no, actually, he had someone else who wasn't, but I can't name him because he won't come out. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, they can do what they want, don't they? They, can, they, they, they? they basically run the committees, don't they? So I will go with... Oh, good job moving out of Shropshire this year. I might get a ban for that. Um, <laughs> I can take a four-game ban mid-August, all right? No worries. Um, I'm going to pick Anaru Kitchen, who was the overseas uh, that we had at Milford Hall for that season. Anaru was a 19-year-old sort of uh, New Zealander that came over, ended up living with me because um, he, he basically, they needed someone for him to stay. And Anaru was a right-hand bat who was also a left-arm spinner, but he went on to play some New Zealand T20 stuff. Uh, yeah, really destructive player. Decent. Um, yeah, ridiculous sort of talent. Um, and could you tell very, he was going to go that far at that age? Yeah, you could tell he was a little bit special. Um, I remember one day we were playing like, uh, over at sort of Hammerwich Way, which is a side towards Litchfield, and uh, he took out three or four windscreens in different people's cars that day. 150 not out, just an absolute ridiculous talent. To be honest with you, um, quite driven as well, and. Mm. Um, Still speaks to him now and now and again, um, and he's done really well for himself. He's forged a decent career for himself in, in the game. Fantastic. And then, batting at four, I'm going to go um, Steve Gale as my captain. He picked me for Shrewsbury ones when I was about 13. I only had a couple of games, but I remember always sort of when I played for the twos or the threes at Tech at the Scout, and used to go over to watch like the ones because the tees would be over there, and like Shrewsbury were playing at home. You sort of watch him and you think, blimey, that. The, the, the guy just valued his wicket um, and he scored loads of runs at like the Shropshire Prem level, played minor counties cricket and also got to know him a little bit when he started umpiring and through his teaching at Shrewsbury School. But also you get to know the guy and he's actually a really humble guy and he'd be really sort of um, insightful and mm-hmm. free and willing to give any advice to you and sort of be really helpful to yeah. me. Sort of mid-twenties, he was like telling me, oh, I'll do this with your bowling, I'll do that. And just found him a really, really nice guy all, all the way through, who was actually a very, very good player. Would you say he's possibly the most influential cricketer in your eleven, who's had a biggest impact on you as in your style of cricket? Um, I don't know, Steve was quite quite um rigid and some would say, I don't know, I, I always saw him as quite a valued his wicket and quite dour. I don't think he mm describe my batting in any way, shape or form like that. So probably no, he hasn't influenced my, uh, <laughs> my bat. Um, but I just think that he was a really good guy who I think as you got older, you sort of listened to him. Like when he'd speak to me when he was umpiring, I'd, I'd sort of speak to him like, sometimes I was bowling, he'd be like, he'd stand and he'd be like, oh, do this, do that. Probably shouldn't as an umpire, should you give you any advice like when he's trying to get someone out. But just found a really nice guy <laughs> um, that would always talk sense and also talks a lot of cricket sense so yeah i'd, I'd say he was a, a, an absolute top guy who when you get to know him as well off the field was was, was helpful 
Always good to have, always good to have. Um, now we move on to uh, your, well, possibly big hitting batsman, uh, number five and six. Well, five, five's not a big hit. Five's my glue I've gone for. I've gone for, like, Mark Davis, the, the, the legend that is Mark Davis of, of Shrewsbury, Sentinel, Newport, played a few games there. But Davo was just an absolute legend that could read a game. Um, and those title wins that we've had back, back, well, God me, eight or nine years ago now, he, he, he held the side together. Like, he knew how to put an innings together. We always had quite a good bowling side. But he was like our glue in the middle and he was the guy that you sort of relied upon. Also, again, he probably captained the Sentinel team or the Perkins team um, through sort of Mal, Mal being the mouthpiece. But he was a very insightful cricketer. But obviously, if you look at his stats as well, they, they stack up against anyone in terms of runs and, and also achievements in the game. He was a, he was a really good guy um, who, who basically knew, knew when to play an innings or how to play an innings or build an innings and also was commanded the respect to the changing room. Um, yeah, just, just, just what he's done. I've heard Honestly. very good things, to be fair. I've heard mm. good things, Dom, as well. Very good things about him. Yeah, David, David was a legend. Um, he, he, he scored some big runs, but also scored some really important runs at, at various times in the seasons when we won those titles that probably got the side over the line. Um, and I think in title winning seasons, sometimes it's not the... The massive victories, it's those ones that you just sneak over the line by two mm. wickets or by, by 20 runs. Mm. They're the ones that probably stack up come September. And six? Six. I'm going to go for the Zimbabwean freak, unfortunately. <laughs> Zimbo. You've just, you've just got to look at um, some of the innings that he's played. Now, he, he himself, he's, he's terrible, isn't he, if he doesn't get to 10 balls. I, I used to sit there sometimes at Sentinel. I'd count. Once he got past 10 balls... If he was still there after 10 balls, you'd probably back him to go on and score 50, 60 runs. He literally was one of those guys, I don't know what you thought, Anne, but if he gets his eye in and gets himself set after 10 balls, then if he weighs up the pitch, some of the stuff that he can do is just, just unbelievable. Yeah. I remember, I remember a, a T20 against Welsh Paul and smashing it all over the place. Must have been 100 in about 40 or 50 balls, which is ridiculous in itself, thinking about it. But I think the innings against... Um, uh, who's, who did he get his 217 against? He's going to go mad at him, isn't he? Oh, uh, I, I think it, oh, it was against Nuneaton, wasn't it? Him and Joe got the runs. Nuneaton. Yeah, Nuneaton. Yeah. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Because you, you messed up in the away game, didn't you? And that's it, right? Yeah, I remember. You messed up Nuneaton. <laughs> I turned up drunk. Love it. <laughs> Three four, you turned up drunk. I remember that one. And I, yeah, I'd gone for my runs. And I that was, that was Zimmer's stag do. Zimmer's stag do. Yeah, that was it. You guys came straight from, what was it? We had to drive to Neaton on a bank holiday in the Birmingham League, at which point we were probably all questioning why on earth we were playing cricket on a bank holiday in Neaton. And uh, you guys turned up drunk. But yeah, the home game was just a ridiculous innings, that 217 that he scored. Obviously, we all figured out about Andy Flowers' record and told Ed to declare so he didn't get it because we didn't want him to get the league record. But just some of the this <laughs> is ridiculous on a cricket field and mm. it, it it's one of those things I think I, I was on my honeymoon about 2010 and I got a, a text message uh, off Mal because I think they played in some T20 thing down at Shelton mm. and Mal was like just seen an absolute freak play cricket and I was like who and he was like Craig Heath I've never heard of him but certainly some of the stuff that I've seen him do on cricket fields is just bonkers when you look at it in terms of the speed he accumulates his runs 
I okay. totally agree with you, Dom, uh, with the with the ten ball thing. I, I mentioned it. Um, hopefully, mine will come out before yours, but I mentioned it in my uh, team that he does take ten balls to get in, and once he gets going, he uh, he does he does score very quickly and makes up for them ten balls, doesn't he? Yeah, once he gets going, it's, it's just absolutely bonkers. Like there is no ground big enough, and I wish that those games that he'd had for Shropshire playing some T20s, I just wish that. And, I, and he'd probably say this, I wish he'd done himself justice because I think a lot of us that have played with him have seen him play some big, big innings, but it just hadn't quite happened for him at, um, at structure level. And we all know he's got the ability to do it. And I just possibly, I don't know, you'd have to ask him about it, but I guess some of the pressure that he's on, he feels under that, I think he bats best when he's under no pressure and just goes out and sees ball and hits ball out of the ground. Yeah. So we move, we've got uh, Craig Heath, who seems to be quite a popular selection. And we is move it, uh, on to now what is number seven, which many people have their wicket keeper. Have you gone for a wicket keeper? Have you gone for another batsman or an all-rounder? I've got an all-rounder at seven. I've got Wendell Wagner. Um, Wendell was obviously at Sentinel um, earlier, sort of in his career. And just some of the, some of the spells of bowling that I saw him put together, also with some of the, couple of some of the batting, just sort of really strengthens his case to be probably the, the top all-rounder that I've got in this side. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a good player, still a very good player now. But back, back, back 10 years ago, he could certainly shift the ball through at a decent, decent rate, but also would be a very, very good top five batsman in most people's sides. Great cricketer. So anyway, uh, now you've got your number seven. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to drop down, as we have done in the others, to uh, your bowlers. So we're going to go with your openers first. Uh, so we're going to go with uh, 10 and 11. Bowlers first, okay. Um, in terms of my bowlers. Pair, yeah. Who's your opening yeah. bowling? Who am I, who's opening the bowling for me? I'm going to go, Adam Shantry opens the bowling for me. Left arm uh, seamer, who obviously went on to have his first class career. Started at Perkins, but also came through the Shropshire ages with him, luckily. Um, yeah, really quick bowler with a decent bumper and clearly could play a bit given the stats that he obviously achieved in the first class game. And then I've gone for Sam Griffiths. I was really, really impressed with him last year. I thought that he bowled areas that would take a lot of wickets at whatever level he was playing at and he bowled at the stumps, he bowled quick and he bowled in areas that not many players, irrespective of the standard we were playing at, would have been able to get him away. And I just think that the lad's got a lot of talent and clearly I, I'd only sort of played against him before, but having played with him for a season, just watching what he does with the ball, it's, it's impressive to be fair. It's, it's, it's quite sharp and to get it through at a fair rate at Shelton is, is an impressive skill to have. How do you, how do you think that Sam's going to fare next season? Do you think a lot of what Shelton do next season is going to rest on his shoulders? Sam, I think yeah, he's 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 like the talisman of the side, isn't he? He he, he sets the tone with his with his bowling. Um, I think a, a fair bit of it always comes from 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 the opening bowler that if they can set a tone for you at the start. But Sam, yeah, has definitely got some pressure on him now, given the way that his stats have looked for the last two three years since he's gone back to Shelton. But obviously, he's clearly a very very able player. I think he'll do well. I think he'll do very well personally as well. So, final, final two. Uh, who are going to be your next change? Who's, eight, who's your eight and nine? Uh, so, I've got a bowler and a keeper left, haven't I? So, I'm going to pick as my first change bowler. I'll go Shane Gwilt. Uh, back in the day, the seasons that he had 
to win us the leagues. I remember him taking 60-odd in a season and going through teams, taking six, seven wickets most weeks. He had, he had sort of, he was like living the dream back then in, in, those, in those seasons, as he used to say. But um, he, he swung the ball prodigiously, really, um, yeah. as he calls himself, he structures premier in-swing bowler. Um, but his, <laughs> his hats definitely stack, stack up as well. And he'd be a good person to have in and amongst the dressing room. Mm. And then my keeper, I've gone for, I've gone Daz Bullock with Gruffalo, um, as, as he's known at Sentinel. He's a, a very, very able player who possibly plays himself down a little bit in terms of his, his, his belief, in terms of how good he actually is. But he's got a great pair of hands to see him as anti the spinners. Uh, and also is a massively destructive batsman. Uh, I think a Ludlow team once declared on us, needing us about 50-odd to win in a rain-affected game, and about four overs they gave us to get these 50-odd runs. And the Gruffalo took umbrage at this sometimes. When Daz loses his head, um, <laughs> that's it. He once lost his head with me because I was batting at 18, batting at 7, and he thought that I should be batting above him. And I was hiding myself. Anyone that's seen me bat would know that's not the case. But I remember Daz losing his head and smashing probably about 40 odd in about three overs and walking off the pitch, having smashed these Ludlow bowls all over the place. Um, talented lad. Um, hey, Dom, also... Dom I've, I've had a good experience playing with Darren as well. And is he the best player you've seen play in the V? Because he is mine. The best player in the V? Has it? Um, yeah, he doesn't love the pull shot, does he? I suppose he doesn't like it up and around uh, his ears. But yeah, just a very talented lad, to be honest with you. But also quite a quiet, unassuming character. Uh, and probably would settle the dressing room down a little bit, looking at some of the characters that I've got knocking around in there. Uh, Surplet and um, a Chantry and a Gwilt in there. Quite a lively dressing room, wouldn't it? So you're talking yeah. about all the players that you have got. Who are the players who've missed out? Missed out? Okay. Uh, so at Milford... Annery went home from uh, Milford as the pro. We managed to get a guy called Abishay Junjunwala over. I'd never heard of him at the time, but he went on to have an IPL career and did really well for himself. He was a, t- a talented cricketer. Mm. Um, Shelton, I, I, as a keeper, I, I, I really rate Moss at the times. I think he's got a really good pair of hands and mm. it's certainly really good for me um, as a as a spinner, I think he's really, really good standing up. I also think what he's done at the club at Shelton to, to sort of invigorate it over the last two or three years since he's since he went back when he left um, Sentinel, you, you can't really question the lad's commitment in terms of drive to to push a club forward. Um, who else did I have? I had Andy Barnard at Shrewsbury because obviously he took a lot of wickets um, back in back in the day. I thought obviously he he was in with a shout of selection. And then at Witten tonight, I, I, I thought I'd better put my dad in the mix for selection. Uh, he'd probably get a bit grumpy with me if I didn't have him in the mix. But unfortunately, I can't pick him. I've got better players than him to pick. <laughs> and then Sentinel, there's a, there's a few. There's, there's David Laird and Jamie Weir, two of the most talented young kids that I've seen play. I think David Laird could still be a very, very good player if he gets certain bits of his psyche right at times. Um, he, he clearly got the raw talent. You've got Jamie Weir, who came into the first team. I remember him scoring 170 odd to win a game against Wem once. He was mm. absolute class. Um, Swifty, as a keeper, was, was there at Sentinel before he went on to Shrewsbury. You've got Jack Chantry um, in and amongst the mix for selection. And then finally, I had, I had to um, 
consider Mo Fias in my side just generally because I'm absolutely petrified of Mo and think he's an absolute legend. But a uh, good story about Mo, he thought my name was Damien for the five years that he played with us at Sentinel. And I just responded to the name Damien for five years. He'd be like, Damien, get him out. <laughs> Brilliant. That's, that's fantastic. Um, Dom, got to say that's a fantastic team and some of them players missing out. I mean, they'd make it in so many teams. Um, so can we move on and go to uh, any players you've seen out there that you think you know, could be a future talent that you've played with? I know yeah, you yeah, yeah. mentioned Dave Laird, but you know um, yeah. any others? I got two. two I, I think Dave Laird and George Cheshire. I think George Cheshire um, reinvented himself from a left arm military medium seamer to what he is now in terms of his spin bowling. He, he's a very talented young lad. Um, should get a lot of wickets and should have the, the club record. I would have thought for wickets by the time he finishes playing. And then I've got a couple of kids that I've seen sort of coaching at Oswald Street, a couple of kids, I think they're out knocking and kindly way. So a young legend called Frank Lloyd and a, a girl called Holly Gittins. They're two decent crickets coming through that I would have thought Brilliant. got up there in 12, 13. I, I think they're very good players and knocking seems to be doing it quite well with their youth. Obviously, through my teaching model at Oswald Street, I've had a lot of knocking Oswald Street, Frankton, Come through, but those two sort of stand out for me as being ones that I think yeah, they've got something. There's a young lad called Keenan Oak, played a bit of um, Shropshire representative stuff. He's at Oswald Street, but um, yeah, he's a good player. Him and a lad called Tommy Bromwich, but yeah, they, they sort of stand out for me as talented kids coming through. Yeah, knocking a got a good set up there, really. Um, the final question I want to ask you, Dom, is of all your years playing cricket, what's been your greatest achievement? What's been the best achievement that you've had in your time playing cricket? Best achievement, it's got to be those, those, those title wins, isn't it? That I remember reaching the promised land of the Birmingham League in, when we won it in 2016. That was obviously a big thing for the club, having sort of turned the promotion down back in 2011. I think that was a, a difficult decision for the club, but obviously went to the vote at the AGM and the club as a whole decided that we weren't quite ready to go to the Birmingham League then. Mm. I know to some players that was the right decision, but to me personally, it's a big disappointment because you always want to play the best level of cricket that you can. And I think once we we ran it close again and another couple of years on from there and didn't quite make it to win the league, we're like, are we ever going to get a chance to play in the Birmingham League? You know, it's, it's, it's just a good standard of cricket. And it was just, it was nice actually getting over the line in 2016 with a really sort of uh, brutal dressing room. Mm. Um, for anyone that's, that, that's been in that sense of dressing room, it's, it's, it sticks together, but it, it is brutal at times in terms of the way it hammers each other. But it, I think it drives you on to be a better player because mm. um, you know that you've got to stick up and stand up and be, be ready to sort of perform for your mates, basically. And I think that's basically what that, that sense of team from 2011, so, so so when I obviously left at 2018, those sort of seven or eight years, there wasn't any superstars in that dressing room. It was just a bunch of mates who were trying to win together. Mm. Would be my shout on it. Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant, mate. I I, I agree with what you you mean in the, the dressing room. Obviously, being a big part of it, it's uh, you've got to be a good strong character sometimes in in the club. But I've got to say, as, as a club sentinel, you know, you say what about all the older boys that you play with? You know, going back in the day. They all come around and they all help you as well, which is fantastic about the club, really. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's been great having you on, Dom. And um, all the best with your new job in Harrogate, and uh, all the best for the season if you get if we get on. Yeah, thanks very much, Dom. Um, 
yeah, great to hear your 11. was very excited to hear it, so I knew it would be very strong. Um, and, yeah, I think that, that's a contender for one of the better ones, I reckon. So, uh, next we'll be uh, having another player. So, we'll, we'll see what his, his 11's like. So, cheers for that, Dom. No worries, mate. We, we, we've got to spend 20 minutes talking about this bloody 100 now. We've made it a lot. <laughs> Luckily nah, not. Hey, all the best, Dom. Thank you very much, guys. Till next one. No yeah, thanks very much. Bye. Right. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.